This is Amy, the Senior Group Fitness Instructor at the Indoor Cycle Instructor Podcast. Are you looking for a spark of inspiration to bring to your next class? Find us at IndoorCycleInstructor.com. Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Indoor Cycle Instructor Podcast. This will be podcast number 205. Amazing to think that we've gotten this far. And I'm still enjoying it, and I'm still appreciative that you're listening. We've got a lot of cool stuff to talk about today, and I'd like to bring on one of my favorite master instructors, Cameron Shinati with Stages Indoor Cycling and Free Motion Fitness. How are you, Cameron? I'm doing fabulously. How about you, John? Well, I just love having you on. You have that very tender voice, and <laughs> and uh, I just enjoy listening to you, and I'm hoping our listeners do as well. So you're just back from URSA, the yes. big trade show that I am very frustrated now that I didn't attend. There's all of a sudden a bunch of things I'm seeing that I wish I had a, had, a, had a chance to experience and ride, uh, particularly your new carbon drive on your uh, S11 series indoor cycles. Yeah, well, you know, maybe you'll just have to come with us to uh, FIBO in Germany in a couple of weeks. Well, maybe you'll have to sponsor my attendance. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know you I'd love to. I know, but I don't know that we're going to get that past Laurel. <laughs> yeah, probably not. Accounting might not like it either. Yeah, well, you know, I, well, okay. Well, now you got me all excited and, and <laughs> let me down gently. No. Hey, um, interesting thing I observed uh, this past weekend. Okay. I'm actually recording this on Amy's birthday today. Yay. And, uh, yay! Happy birthday, yeah. Amy! Right, and so this was supposed to be the 21st anniversary of her 29th birthday, <laughs> but she uh, decided that because she's moving to another decade, then now this is going to be the 11th anniversary of her 39th birthday. <laughs> so, so the math majors out there will understand exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> But it's a big day for her, and Yay. and uh, we're not doing anything too particularly exciting. And although she is leaving tomorrow for Mexico uh, with Carly for Carly's senior trip, and I get to stay home and take care of the dog. The point I was going to make is that at our club, Lifetime Fitness, uh, in the spring they have indoor triathlons, which I think are really cool and they're very well attended. You know, we've got a big pool, treadmills. And indoor cycles, and historically, what they have used is you know the the participants have a specific distance that they have to travel on the treadmill and the pool and on the bike. And in the past, they've been using you know spinner NXTs with cadence meters on them, you know the spinning meter. And people very quickly figure out that they really just need to spin the pedals really fast and not do anything. Cheat the system. Cheat the system, exactly. Not this year, though. <laughs> um, they had, uh, I think, about 30 of our 70 uh, Free Motion S11s, .9s up there. And the, the comments I heard from a number of participants that you know, this was you know, their second or third year doing this 
uh, wow, that was uh, very different. So actually, I'm putting a post up explaining it. Uh, but the reality is that as soon as you're measuring power, unless you have some force in the equation, some resistance, you really don't do anything. And on your bike with no resistance, pedaling really fast creates no power and no distance, which I think is awesome because it forces people to actually work. Absolutely. And it's it's cool because I can talk about it um, ad nauseum, but really the best way to understand it is to experience it. And you could say to somebody, you know, if you're, you know, standing next to a brick wall and you're pushing on that brick wall with all your might, um, you're sweating bullets doing so, but the wall isn't moving, are you generating any power? And most people would intuitively answer, no, you're not. And that's correct because even though you're putting a ton of force into it, there's no velocity. And likewise, the same could be said about, you know, you cruising on an outdoor bike with absolutely no resistance and you're spinning your legs around as fast as you can. And that bike could be at a standstill. You could be falling over because uh, there's no force to propel you along. And so the same could be said there. Oh, well, you're not generating any power. But on an indoor bike, that's a hard concept to understand. And now that people can measure their their total output, um, it all kind of clicks, makes a lot more sense. Oh, it does. Exactly. So if, uh, if you're listening to this and you need just another little tidbit to throw at your club owner, manager, department head as to why you should be upgrading to, to uh, indoor cycle with power, this may be one of them. You guys introduced a bunch of cool stuff at Ursa. The thing that I was uh, beyond the uh, carbon drive belt uh, what I was excited about was your new app. Tell us about that. No, and I'm excited about it too. So this app was created in a partnership with Wahoo Fitness, and they um, specialize in fitness-related applications for iOS devices, so um, Apple specifically. Uh, and, you know, I, I believe they're branching out into other areas as well, but that is definitely their area of expertise. And particularly um, for, for us and some of their existing products with Ant Plus. So I think you actually mentioned Ant Plus a little bit in your last uh, podcast with Bill Pryor. But Ant Plus is it's really just a communication protocol. And for those of you with the free motion uh, power console, you can see at the very top of your console printed, like actually physically printed in ink at the top, it says uh, AMP plus here, AMP plus connection here, and there's a little symbol. And so our uh, power sensor in the crank arm communicates to the console using AMP plus. And if you want to think of it as a radio signal, that's a good way to think of it. So AMP plus, you know, works with other things like Garmin, um, Sunto uses a couple AMP plus, they have a couple AMP plus watches. Polar, on the other hand, actually uses something entirely different. Um, but, but we can still read Polar, we can listen to Polar. But AMP plus is just a bit more stable and it's kind of our preference just in the way that it operates. So knowing that these folks specialized in that, um, you know, a, a while back now, we're looking probably eight months back, um, we started investigating a partnership with them in order to allow iOS devices to communicate directly with our console. 
Interesting. All right. And for those, again, AM Plus, what is that? It's, again, like you explained, it's it's like wireless, but it's very low power. Mm-hmm. It's designed to be used for very short distances. Um, if you have a road bike, for example, and it has a wireless uh, uh, speed sensor, so there's no wire connecting the sensor that right. measures the wheel to the little computer, that's AMP Plus. It's all, but it, it, but the neat thing about it is it's open source, so everybody can use it. And uh, the idea is, like you're saying, is so that multiple devices from other manufacturers can all talk to each other. So it's common language. Correct. Literally. And the cool thing, like what you just mentioned about the devices being close, is that they need to be close in the pairing process. But once they're paired, they can move much farther away from one another than other devices, particularly polar, with the signal not getting lost. Because essentially there's a handshake process that takes place. And then the two devices recognize each other's unique IDs and and that is kind of cool. So like, for instance, you know, and I'll explain this a little bit more in depth, but with our app, you could pair your phone to the console. And then if you're not into like sweating all over your phone during class, or you don't want to use it during class, but you want to store the data, you could put it in your backpack, toss your backpack up at the back of the room in a cubby somewhere, and it's still going to read it. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So why do I want this? I mean, there's so much technology out there, so many apps and whatnot, and and so many times I find myself saying, "Well, so what? You know, what? I mean, it sounds cool, but what's it going to do for me? You know, that means that I should really, you know, get involved with it, take the time to learn it, everything else." Well, aside from being a data junkie and just wanting more information, um, there are some some features that are unique to the app that don't necessarily take place on the console itself. So just just so people know, you know, in order for in order for your phone to register, you need a, a Wahoo key. But once you have that Wahoo key, that AMP Plus key, and the two devices can communicate, we can do some interesting things. So for folks that back up just a little bit. Sure. Uh, what you mean by a key is a, a other people call it a dongle. Yeah, dongle. Uh, same because thing. Because your iPhone does not receive Ant Plus. That's true. As it's designed, it's a little plug-in thing that goes in the bottom. Right. It, it's a, and I'll you know give you guys some images so that you can see what that all looks like. But really, it looks exactly like the plug. So for our iPhone users or your iPod users, um, the plug that you put in—it's the thirty-pin uh, plug that you put into the bottom of your phone that is proprietary to Apple, like the the one that attaches to your USB power cord, it is basically just that little brick, the little bottom part that plugs in, and it has the AMP Plus uh, sensor inside of it. So that, you know, Wahoo um, provides that. You you can purchase them from us, from Wahoo. There, I even saw some at Best Buy the other day. So that's what allows it to, to read AMP Plus. Um, and then an AMP Plus chest strap. And uh, Wahoo actually makes a really great one that I personally, it is now my new favorite chest strap. It closes in the front with a snap closure. It's cloth. Um, it's I actually had mine on for like five hours during the show um, and didn't you know, notice it and didn't have a giant dent left in my rib cage afterwards from it. So um, that was kind of nice too. But so to get to the benefit side of it, like just, you know, right off the cuff, you have the ability to take your ride data from your phone and import it straight into the cloud and then 
take that data and put it into um, you know a landing site of your choosing. So right now, because we already have an affiliation with Training Peaks, I can basically do my ride. At the end of my ride, it says, "Hey, do you want to uh, save your workout?" And oh, would you like to upload this to Training Peaks? And I say yes, and automatically all my data goes into my Training Peaks account. So, so you're making it really simple. Gosh, it's so simple. I mean, it's one less thing, and I know that seems kind of um, negligible, but you know, you can use the USB stick, um, which I still think is fabulous. And but if your workouts just live on your USB stick, if you never actually plug them into your computer and don't do something with them, they really become irrelevant. They become useless to you. I mean, because so, I because I played with it a couple of times, and I, oh, this is nice, but it really doesn't mean anything. Right. I mean, just a CSV file with a bunch of numbers, like most people. Well, even if you even if you put it in an Excel, and and Excel won't make a graph because it's measuring. It's 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 taking a a chunk of data every second. Right. So so leave it to the experts. You know, right? Like Training Peaks, they'll do all that for you in a, a nice interface that gives you a lot of options to look at the data in different ways ways that apply to you. Um, and you know, maybe you care about normalized power in your training stress score. Maybe you just want to know when your best 10 minutes was during class. I mean, it really lets you look at it from kind of any layer that you choose. Interesting. You know, I talk to people about something and I, I, this isn't my term. Someone told it to me, but how so often we have like a golden hour <laughs> that that occurs twenty to thirty minutes after you begin your exercise, where you're fully warmed up, fully aerobic. Mm-hmm. But but from that point forward, you have about an well, depending on your level of fitness. But most people have a, at least a, an hour where they are their strongest, most productive. And I talk about that a lot in class. Is that okay? Now we're you know, especially in my ninety minute classes that I do on Sundays, is that. You know, here's this 90 or the 60 minutes where you're golden. You know, let's really put it to the test and and use it. And people have told me that it helps them to recognize that it's not a 90 minute class. It's it's a 60 minute class with a 30 minute warm up. Yeah, so and, true. Right, and it helps them to compartmentalize it. And and then from from a mental perspective, they're thinking, okay, it's just 60 minutes that I'm going to work really hard. But they're doing it when they are fully prepared to do it. And uh, some, no, a guy uh, that I used to uh, ride with who uh, actually runs the velodrome here in the cities. Oh, cool. And he talked about that, that, you know, especially when you're going to – in a race or something like that, that, um, you know, to take advantage of that time, you know, whenever it is um, so. Well, anyways. and that's why, you know, at, that's why the, you know, elite cyclists – um, the world over really do prefer using training peaks. And it's not just because of the platform or the name, but, but when your coach can look at it and find out when you're your strongest, what your specialty is. I mean, and these are things that they know through practice and anecdotal experience, but, but you can see that down to, you know, like, wow, look what occurred here during this five second window, like what was happening? And then we can kind of backpedal, um, and figure out, why that occurred. And, you know, on the flip side of the coin for myself, um, as is often the case after a big show, I get sick. So I got bronchitis (laughs) and, but what was interesting is that, you know, there's always signs and symptoms that things are happening 
prior to you showing the symptoms of getting sick. And so, you know, we talk about that with heart rate all the time that, you know, gosh, my resting heart rate is 10 beats higher than normal. Hmm, I wonder what's going on. Am I overtraining? Am I stressed? Am I getting sick? Et cetera, et cetera. But I actually had been messing around with the app, uh, you know, in the weeks prior to URSA and was looking at my data from even further back that I had been importing into Training Peaks. And I was looking at this trend going, I don't understand what is going on. My, my power output is the same, but my heart rate has really been trending upwards over the last week. And, and if I hadn't looked at it in that particular frame of reference and hadn't seen it, I probably wouldn't have recognized it because, you know, I'm just nose to the grindstone and I'm just go, 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 go. And, you know, some of us uh, unfortunately subscribe to the I'm not getting sick. It's all in my imagination uh, kind of mentality. And But when I saw that, I said, you know, I probably should be careful. I think something is up. And then sure enough, you know, on, on the plane, on the way to Ursa, um, I started really going downhill quickly. But, you know, that's just one very particular instance. But for the folks that, you know, have gone through the stages in their cycling training before, you know, we talk a lot about you know, I, I love looking at heart rate data and I love looking at wattage data, but, but even more importantly, I want to see the trend between the two. So if I can see over time that your wattage, you know, maybe it's, it's only increasing very, very incrementally, but your heart rate is dropping over time, then I know you're becoming more efficient. And I can only see that in the context of a trend. And, and it just is much easier to do in a platform like Training Peaks and with a device where there's no, you know, there's less barriers to entry. Just plug it in, turn it on, let it do the work. Exactly. So essentially it's a convenience feature. Absolutely. For someone. Mm-hmm. You know, they've always wanted this, but they don't want all the hassle to remember to do this or do that or blah, blah, blah. Yes. Got cool. All right. And it's because it's an app, it's a visual thing, and it is somewhat difficult to talk about. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but you actually have uh, a very unique video presentation. Yeah, that, uh, I'm excited about I'm it. I'm going to be posting uh, today or tomorrow. Um, and uh, it's actually in two parts. You know, the first half is for everybody. And then the second half you are reserving for ICI Pro members because they are special. Very special. Absolutely. So tell me just a little bit about that. And then people will actually see this in the feed um, at... Uh, if you are subscribed to the Indoor Cycle Instructor podcast, either the free or the premium pro feed. But tell us about it. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm kind of excited about having done it this way. Um, you know, it, originally I thought, well, let's provide something that kind of falls further down the spectrum um, of what stages Indoor Cycling is all about. So I, I mentioned this in the podcast a little bit, but, you know, we last released our orientation and observation ride. And, you know, this one, as per your request, was how, you know, just tell us how how we can just get people to understand the console and just kind of get up and running with without overwhelming themselves or their participants. And and so that was really the, the key goal and feature and focus of that workout. This is much further along down the continuum. And we make some assumptions that you've done some threshold testing and some other things and and kind of give you more information. And this was also out of request of 
some some of our stages in your cycling instructors who are also um, members of yours and you know like just give us more we're ready to take this information to the next level so this is again it's further down the continuum but because of that i didn't want people to feel left out especially if they don't speak the uh, language that we speak so i wanted to give some more explanation and it seemed like a visual representation made the most sense so this is really just a keynote presentation with uh, yours truly in the background, kind of guiding you through it. And uh, I, I think whether whether or not you have the bike, whether or not you have the app, you're still going to be able to glean something useful from it and, uh, and just a different way to kind of think about this particular structure. Exactly. And another thing that you can forward to your club owner or manager. Yeah, there you go. That's like, a good one. Look at what we're missing Look at what's out there in the world. Right. And if we don't do something now, that that new studio startup down the street is going to totally eclipse us. And we just can't have that. And I don't want people to think that it's just about the app. I I basically show you how I talk about it because I know that not everyone uses an iPhone, an iPod Touch, or an iPad. And some people never will. And that's totally cool. I don't want people to feel discriminated based on that fact. But for the the user base that does and that wants that information, I do want to touch on it a little bit during a class. So people will get some idea of how I communicate that. And really, um, this was just kind of to give you some snapshots of it. Now, we'll provide a video for, for you all here moving forward that's much more a tutorial of the app for your users, and that will be on stagesandrecycling.com as well. But, you know, think of this, this particular app is like post-functional threshold power test. Like, so now what? I've got these numbers. I've got this magic number that represents my capabilities. Now what do I do? So that's, that's really the feature of this particular particular ride awesome well i'll you know you sent it to me i have not had a chance to watch it but uh, as everything you do it tends to be very substantial <laughs> you know it's a little heavy I, I listened back to it and i was like man i must have had a lot of coffee that day because i really uh went down a path that was i mean it's really almost a workshop so i think there's a lot well of and that's and that's stuff. perfect and and that completely fits you know, anyone who's online looking for more information, well, we're just simply delivering it, aren't we? Yeah, I mean, that's some that's some good hefty content right there. It is. Okay, so, and then there's a tool that you have available for instructors to help plan their ride that you're making available, uh, that you reference, supposedly you reference in that yeah. video. I take your word for it, but uh, tell me about that real quick. Yeah, so we, um, you know, in the latter half of the stages in recycling training, we we teach a method uh, that we call class by design, and it's just a method of class planning. And really, I tend to think of it as an order of operations. Just how do you plan these things in the same order every time, so that you get better at planning a class, and therefore you get faster at planning a class. So we have a sheet um, that kind of, it is this ride. So basically you will see this ride in our class by design format, and that will be made available on the stages and recycling Facebook page. So you don't, you know, I, I want you to be a pro member, but for this particular perk, you don't have to be. So you could go, um, like the stages and recycling page, and then you will have access to that class by design sheet. And that just gives you another visual reference point, uh, to look at 
while either I'm talking about this or, or just get a feeling for how we think of classes. Um, I wouldn't really give this away on its own just because unless you've gone through this workshop with us, it might not make a lot of sense to you. So use it as just another tool, another reference, but know that it makes the most sense um, in the context of, of having gone through a training. And I know, you know, lots of your your high level users like um, Kathy and Nancy and, you know, uh, all your your folks that have right. oh, they're all very high level users. They, they are. <laughs> But those gals, you know, I've spoken with, you know, pretty uh, at, at length and they understand it. So um, I think they'll be very useful and able to comment um, on how that system works as well. But uh, that this is just the like straight up old school version. It is a piece of paper. So awesome. that's what you get for now. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Hooray. OK. You know, and I'll put something over at Pedal On too that or you should go over there and actually. And put something over there on pedal on in, in your area and totally communicate to those people as well. The, uh, what else? Have we forgotten anything? Uh, let's see. So, I mean, I think you're, this is a very instructor specific feature on the app, but the first screen of the app is actually access into your iTunes playlist. So Within the app itself, you can access iTunes, so you don't have to exit the app, go into iTunes. Uh, basically, you have volume control, play, uh, track forward, track back. And so if you've got your phone plugged in, um, meaning to you know your aux jack for the audio purposes, you could have that plugged in. You could have the dongle, the Wahoo key plugged into the bottom, and you could be running your app and running your music off of it. Um, and kind of flipping through pages of data at the same time. So for me, that was kind of a a fun feature that I thought was something instructors would definitely be interested in. Has there been a discussion about tying into Spotify? Uh, As of yet, no. But the beauty of, of apps and software in general is that, you know, access to various APIs and just the nature of software allows us to make changes fairly quickly. So um, I don't, you know, especially if the Facebook integration piece is is there, um, if we implement something along those lines, it would not be difficult to do. So oh, Cool. All right. So where's somebody going to see you next? Other than the grocery store or something. Germany. <laughs> oh, Germany. That's right. No, actually, before Germany... Uh, we are doing the stages and recycling training. Uh, let's see. I am doing the eight and a half hour on April 6th. That's a Friday in City Creek, uh, Utah. So this is actually downtown Salt Lake City. There's a brand new facility opening up there. We're doing our full training there. Um, I know we've got some other three-hour power training. So this is that's really product orientation and kind of a 50,000-foot view of what we're all about. I think we're doing four of those in Southern California um, over the next two weeks. And then, uh, yes, Essen, Germany at the FIBO conference, which is the largest largest fitness conference in the world. It is immense, and it's an everything everything concert uh, conference. I mean, we're talking in, in terms of size, like Ursa times six. It, it is so colossal. It's overwhelming. But wow. we'll be there. Well, I hope you have a nice time. Yeah, it should be fun. And then not get sick afterwards. Yeah, no more. I'm done. Summer. 
No more of that. Right. Well, Cameron Shinati, Stages Indoor Cycling. Fun to have you today. I appreciate it. Oh, pleasure as always, John. Thank you. Good. And then uh, subscribers to the podcast can look for your video popping up uh, very shortly. And um, as always, uh, thanks for listening.